this is Howard Scrumwell, and I'm talking to you inside the stadium for Agile Framework Fight Night. Ladies and gentlemen, what is this? What's happening? Pete, do you have eyes on this? The crowd is rushing the ring. It is now on, folks. The panel is battling the crowd. It's a battle royale. It all started with Heather Widowmaker Webster and Team Safe. Um, how do you do PI planning with distributed teams? And my my advice, I don't know if Safe says it has to be one way or the other, but I, as a coach, I tell people you need your entire team in one place, right? And then if you have different teams that are on a specific train, then there are avenues, right? We've got video conferencing, and then when you go do the planning, you have them kind of shut shut it off and come back on when we're doing the big room discussions. Um, but I don't recommend not having your entire team in one location. We might we, we might all agree on this actually. We <laughs> might. One of the challenges that we have at Costco is we are a worldwide company, as many of the companies here, right? So I have a development team in Mexico, I have in China, I have in Korea, or many other places, Spain, you name it. Now, similar projects or work, but needs to be customized. So how I collocate everybody? Well, the answer to that is we have technology today. We have Google Hansel, we have many technologies that allow us to be collocated, okay? When we have a major production issue, we open a line and everybody is involved, collocated via technology. So that's where I have some of the challenge into, here is a reality check. I actually thought about the geodistributed question when you were talking, because you were talking about these walls where things are posted where everybody can see them. And mm -hmm. it made me go, well, how do you do that if you have distributed teams? I wish I have uh, some photos, but we have teams that have and work with a camera. And they actually go, and so it was one of those, in front of the board as the stand-up meetings and information is happening, with the camera and the speaker right there. It would be excellent to have somebody doing Fast Agile to try, right, and experiment and see how they can do this work in that sort of way. But right now, the, the framework says don't do that. So you have uh, technology, but you don't have the same time <laughs> zones. You have technology, but you don't have the same time zones. Mm -hmm. So did you hear my question? Yeah, yeah. You, have the same time, you don't have the same time zones. Right. Um, so my meeting is in the morning or sometime in the afternoon and people are sleeping in you know the countries that they are working in. Mm -hmm. So and then I have you know basically the whole world. So I cannot sync up with all my teams for the BRP plan, for example, even with the best of technologies. Well, actually we do. Okay? We identify what is the common hour. And guess what? There are teams that have to work at night. When I'm on call, hey, 
I work seven by 24. So we actually have teams that are in India and we have X amount of hour difference. Uh, conference calls may be at 5 a.m. in the morning or 6 a.m. So yeah, there is ways to come back and identify the needs, but the technology help us today, similar to a GPS or anything else. Uh, I wrote the original question about the multicultural, multi-country. I'm a bit disturbed by the. Uh, yeah, I'm a bit disturbed by what three of you are very aligned on is that uh, these frameworks don't really work uh, out well for multi-locations. You've all more or less said various versions so, of keep it all together. But I kind of question what the hell is the point? What what company needs this? So so this developers that is only in one place. So, so, I, so I said we may all, may all agree, and the advice that I agree with is that an individual team should be co-located. Um, the question then is if you've got multiple teams. What size do you define? Like a scrum team? Like yeah, scrum team size, yeah. yeah. So, now that, so now the question I think that we would all engage with is if you've got multiple teams in different areas, are you able to support that? Um, and I'm going to go off the last script here, and I'm going to talk about what drives collaboration. A lot of what drives collaboration um, is the concern that I'm going to make a change in the course of this product development that's going to mess up your work and vice versa. And a fair amount of that is architectural. And so mm -hmm. one of the things that Les does, and, but it's not unique in this, is to focus some attention on the architecture that's driving this, this kind of need. And so if you can create a sufficient amount of decoupling, then you can have teams in multiple areas in different time zones working on the same code base. And I've seen that done actually with a follow the sun team where three teams in, in geographically dispersed just worked on the same code base continuously um, because they were able to, uh, because they had continuous integration systems set up and they had a fairly modular architecture. So there's, there's things you can do, I think, in each of these frameworks that enable a more distributed way of working by reducing the actual need to say, uh-oh, is this going to mess you up? Um, and by automating that. But I don't think that's fairly framework independent. We would all ad advocate some level of um, automation and, and technical practices. If, if I could just clarify the difference between my opinion and the opinion of Fast Agile, right? Fast Agile says don't do that. You can go look it up. It just says don't do it. Um, my, my opinion is that a team that is distributed not all in one place, right? If 10 is a highly collaborative, perfect, agile team, I think the best a distributed team can do is a six. And if you're okay with that, because of the savings of salary or whatever other trade-offs you're trying to make by having distributed people, trying to find talent, all those things, these are difficult problems to solve, I understand that. But don't expect a distributed team to be as good as a team that's sitting all in one room every day. It's just not gonna be as good. And just describe, what are you describing as a distributed team? Meaning team members, for example, I, I coached a team um, in Charlotte who had some members in Atlanta, but the company owned so many buildings, none of the members of those teams was even in the same building as any other member. That's a distributed team, and they were trying to kick off at It was very difficult. Yeah. Stand up. How you can do stand up, right? That's the first. Right. Problem. Well, they did things like open mic uh, conference calls, and they would do like office hours, like from one to three every day. The conference call was open, and everybody was supposed to join the conference call without anything specific to talk about. But they could just work and then shout out, "Hey, Bill, I need your help!" Right. So they were simulating a room using a conference call. 
Right. But so there's things you can do to help ameliorate that, but it's very hard to get super performance. So the other thing I wanted to add is um, I, I do say it's best to have a team, right? Just a scrum team. I'm not saying everybody, the scrum team in one location, because you need somebody to help prioritize and have those kind of sync calls and understand, right, what's going on. And a scrum master is very important, right, to get rid of impediments. And if the scrum master's in Atlanta and, and the dev teams in India, it's kind of hard. Um, but nonetheless, um, to address your point on the big room planning or the, the PI planning, um, I have seen where you do a three-day planning event, not all day, by the way, three days, so they're half days, right? And so they overlap your time zones. And what we ask typically is if people who are coming in at odd hours already have their plans in place, right? So we can address it first, see what the dependencies are, talk about their risks right away, so then they can go off and go to bed or whatever they're doing, right? So I typically recommend three half days and making it early morning, a little bit later at night so that it accommodates both. So. Cool. Um, we have time for, we have three more minutes. Closing comments yep. for panelists. Wow, I, I don't know. Did we prepare closing comments? Oh my goodness. <laughs> I, you know, I'm just gonna, it, it's not specific to safe, but I mean, Doing a little bit of Agile is better than no Agile, right? Um, I'm also, I, I know I gave Lance a hard time. Why is this a battle, right? Like, I, I think, and again, my consulting stance, it depends, right, on the company, on which framework works best for you. Um, you know, I've been to companies who are like, we're gonna do safe, and when I say to them, uh, yeah, no, you're not. They're like, what? No, yes, we are. I need you to make a train, right? Because that's what we want. And I'm, but that's not what you need, right? And so I think having good people who have done this before and can bring to light some um, education and leaders that listen to that, um, that's the important part of being successful in scaling anything. So says Widowmaker. <laughs>
help them facilitate them to be self-organizing. And then they will land at whatever works because you help them be self-organizing and find improvement. I'd expect nothing less from anarchy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and so my closing comment isn't going to be related to less. I'm going to say that our organizations like us ourselves are on an evolutionary journey and change over time. And the framework that's going to be appropriate for them is going to be different at different stages and different times. And so in some cases, you may need the guidance and the process, and you may focus on that. In other cases, you may need uh, to reach a certain goal, and you'll pick a different framework to go after that. Maybe you want to emphasize more uh, getting closer to your customer and maybe something a little bit different will help you with that. And maybe at some point you'll adopt some sort of world vision and mission and maybe you do something different for that even. So in each point you want to reconsider what is going to serve you best in what you're after. Nicely said, Rowdy William Rowdy. <laughs> <laughs> Angel Grande teaches you systems thinking through dramatic storytelling, such as Carter takes a job to improve a logistics company's adaptability, but efforts to scale agile practices are being blocked by Mr. Chernesky, a vice president who's organized the company into siloed pigeonholes in order to secretly make millions with a dark web shipping service. Carter's life is in danger, he goes underground, and a spy agency hunts for him. When Carter uses systems thinking, systems modeling, and organizational change to save his company and his life, you get to learn how to apply that to your organization as well. Get your free copy of Agile Grande at leanpub.com. This was the final episode of the Agile Framework Fight Night series that started in episode 35. You can go to the archive and find any of the past episodes of Agile Thoughts. 